if I had a title for what I'm going to speak on today, the title would be, That's What He Said. Turn to your neighbor and say, That's What He Said. That is what He Said. All right, um, we're going to just read a passage from Psalm 34.8. I don't really have a super cohesive message here. I'm sharing some things which have been stirring, which I believe are um, prophetic in nature that the Lord wants to uh, exhort us towards, encourage us towards. Uh, in Psalm 34.8, amazing psalm. Take some time to read through it. Um, this is what the psalmist says. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. And I believe that there's some things that God is bringing to prominence um, at this time um, in the world that, you know, we're in a season where there is um, opposition um, in many different ways. There's, you, you know, I, I joked last week when um, I was here um, on the gender issue, um, when Diana was saying that she wished she could come to the men's breakfast, um, and I made a joke that, you know, we need to, we need to uh, have, a, have a voice and comment on things that are happening in the world. Um, but one of the things which is central to what we believe is a house and is important for us now is that theology without experience is worthless. It is of no value. And we fully and rightly understand the things of God when we experience them. And so God says to us, taste and see that I am good. It's not just enough that I would mentally assent and, 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 and comprehend that God is a good God. But until I've tasted and experienced his goodness, the belief that he's good is, is not enough. And for every one of us, God wants us to experience in our lives and through our lives the things which he has spoken to us and he is speaking to us. He is, he, he is not content for his church to be a church that just believes things but does not experience them. And we're going to take a little bit of time and just go through some different things this morning which underscore this principle that when experience marries theology, then life is birthed. But theology without a marriage to experience does not produce life. Uh, and it, uh, someone else already referenced that, that faith without works is dead. That if we say we believe something, there must be an outward expression of that belief. Otherwise, we will be people without life. And for me this morning, I, I, I'm someone that I want to be in life. I want for us as a people to be in life and experiencing the life of God. And that is what God wants for you and I. Amen? That's what he said. We're going to focus um, on the centrality of what God says. I want to, I'm to pick out a few different principles here of, of things which represent what we believe um, as a house. Um, and I want to talk about the importance of believing what God has said. Now, other people of uh, different times, and I've heard lots of messages on the power of the Word, um, the power of believing the Word of God, and that's awesome. I want to shift the emphasis of the power of the Word, and I want to add the personality of God in, and I want to talk about the importance of what God has said. 
Now, on one, in one hand, it's the same thing, but our perspective towards it affects how we assimilate that information. I'm not focused on going through a series of creeds which I'm going to align myself in believing, but it's important that I understand that these are things that are spoken by a person, by a godly father that has a personality that is a father to me. So I'm not just following principles, but I'm listening to a person. And when I can understand the heart of this person, then the things which this person has said can really find a home in my heart. And so we're going to focus on a couple of things and see the importance of three different principles this morning. Number one, if we're going to be children of God and we're going to be an effective, powerful bride, we need to understand, number one, he is who he says he is. Number two, that we are who he says we are. And that number three, things are how he says they are. And it's easy in the course of life that when, you know, as we heard, when the basement is getting flooded, that our eyes can get fixed on what is happening in front of us and around us, and we can begin to make judgments on who God is by what we're actually seeing with the natural eye. And then we begin to make judgments on who we are on the basis of what we're feeling and what we're thinking and what we're seeing. And then we end up making judgments on the circumstances around us based on just our natural eyes. And I really believe that God wants to pull his people to a place where we've made a commitment that we're going to choose to believe things are the way he said they are, even if there is at times not a complete understanding of it. And let's talk about that a little bit. In Romans 8, verse 5 and 6, Paul says this, says, those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. Now, I'm going to read here in the, new, uh, in the NIV. It says this, verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. And so we have this situation here where God has given us a mind. Hands up if you have a mind. Okay, good. That's, that's almost everybody here. <laughs> He's given us a mind, um, and, but He has made our spirits alive. So we have a spirit. And it's really vital that our minds are governed by our spirits. And not the other way around. If, you're, if, if you let the mind govern and dictate your spirit, then you'll go awry. It's like this, you, you know, your car, we all, pretty much everyone here probably owns a car. Your car has a motor. Some, of, some people's cars are very powerful motors. Some people's cars, motors are less powerful, some are older, some are younger. But this motor is designed to give propulsion to your vehicle. And it will let your vehicle get to where you need it to go. But the motor in your vehicle is subject to the steering system. 
and you get to, by the steering system, determine how that motor propels your vehicle and where it takes us. And our minds need to be governed by our spirits so that the motor of the mind does not take us to a place and in a place that we shouldn't go, but, but the mind gets directed by the spirit so it actually takes us and it, and it is fruitful and brings us into good and fruitful things. And so we end up at the destination that we're heading for. And we're in a place where it is critical in this season with what is coming at the church from a secular arena and from an unhealthy religion that we let our spirit govern the mind. And we choose to believe and accept those things which God has spoken clearly through his word and spoken to us. And so we're going to talk a little bit about some of those things. We've got to start with God. We've got to start with who God is. We've got to start with the goodness of God. And understand that Jesus is our example. It's often said Jesus is perfect theology. And Jesus said, uh, it is said of Jesus that he is the exact representation of the Father. And so if you want to know what God is like, then you look to the example and the expression of Jesus. And it's like this. We, God was written about and interacted with and experienced by his people for the whole of the Old Testament. And we have many writings which talk about the nature and heart of God. Jesus came to be a physical representation of God that is now a lens through which we see and understand God. And so the God of the Old Testament, we see through the lens of Jesus Christ. It would be a bit like this. If, if you are looking at something which is far off and is indistinct, and then I don't know if you've done this, my, my father, um, after he passed away, I got um, from him, he, he collected everything. He was a hoarder. So like my, I, I, when I went to visit my mother recently, I remarked, well, why is your car not in the garage? The two-car garage, which is in England is unusual. Their two-car garage, like the one part of it is like this wide because the cars are about this wide. Um, so a car was out there. I said, why are not you putting your car in the garage, for goodness sake? She said, it's full of your dad's stuff. And so I went in there and then these old like hand drills like this that you, that you crank down and all this old stuff. But I got a pair of binoculars from him in this old like hard leather case. It's really cool. It's not like something Sherlock Holmes would use. And um, Diana and I uh, recently, um, we went uh, during the winter to the river here, the Fox River, to look at the eagles um, that, uh, in one of the islands in the river. And I brought these binoculars with me, and I was trying to, trying to peer through to see this eagle. I could see there was an eagle there. I knew there was an eagle. I could see the outline of it. I, I, I couldn't really see it very clearly, but I took the binoculars to my eyes, and then on the lens where the focus is adjusted, I began to turn, and suddenly the picture that was fuzzy became crystal clear. 
I could see the outline of the eagle's beak. I could see how majestic its head was, its eyes, the, the, the feathers and its talons and the size of it. And in the same way, Jesus is to us the lens through which we see God. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we can see clearly now what God our Father is like. And so we choose to follow Jesus, and when there are challenges, and we're, we're asked questions, you know, people often sit, talk about suffering, and why do these things happen, and what about Job? But I heard Bill Johnson say recently when, on this question, he said this, he said, you know what, that's all great, but I'm not a follower of Job, I'm a follower of Jesus. And so I choose to follow Jesus first, and if there are things that I don't fully get about Job, that's okay. I'm not, I, I'm not required to have a perfect theology on the life of Job, but I am required to trust and follow Jesus because I'm a follower of Jesus. And I will look at his life and I will feed myself on who he was and what he has done so that I will be conformed into the image of Jesus. And then I believe that as I and we all do that, then we probably might end up with the patience of Job. <laughs> but I'm not going to start by trying to figure out a theology on Job. No, I'm a follower of Jesus. And Jesus himself is perfect theology. What has Jesus done? <clears throat> Jesus has completely saved us. We believe that salvation is not just a ticket into heaven, but it is a salvation which is complete. It is a salvation of the Spirit. It is, a, it is being made alive to Christ. Your spirit is born again. And that it is a healing which compasses the soul as well. Jesus wants your soul to be well. The Bible says, I hope that you prosper just as your soul prospers. And so we're not just called to be a people that has a final resting place and destination and we bear through this life. No, God, Jesus died so that in our souls we would be well and whole also. We believe in the Greek word sozo, which has been to be completely whole, completely well. Jesus came as a comforter. He came to deal with wounds emotionally as well as wounds physically. So we are saved in our spirits. We are completely saved and restored uh, emotionally. And we believe that, that God has an outworking of that, that as we listen to him, as we submit ourselves to him, that he brings healing to our whole selves, to our whole heart. And I've had the privilege of knowing many people who, before Christ, had experienced terrible things in life. Heartache, pain, and abuse. But the Holy Spirit ministering to them over time, bringing words that unlock that break free, bring healing and restoration, have transformed these people, not just given them an inheritance in heaven, but transformed their very peace and their, the way they see themselves and believe about themselves because God is a, is a healer of the whole. And so we believe that he heals the spirit, we believe he heals the soul, and we also believe that he is a healer of the body. Amen. By his stripes, we are healed. So where, whether it may be unwelcome at this time, 
we believe that God is a God that heals people physically and supernaturally. We don't believe that these things have just come to an end. We may not understand why every time we pray for healing, that not every time somebody gets healed, but with the mind governed by the Spirit, we choose to subject ourselves to the Word of God, that the example that Jesus gave and the words He spoke, and we choose to say, I'm not going to let my experience and the processing of my mind now determine what my spirit will accept and believe. But I will let my spirit rule my mind. And so we choose to hold on to what we believe God has said, and to go to where God is telling us to go, and we believe that He is a healing God. Everybody that came to Jesus, He healed. Everybody that came to Him. So, if He's the exact representation of the Father, and Everybody who comes to me, if not everyone that comes to me is, is healed, I cannot say that it is no longer God's will to heal people on the basis of my experience. I have to say, I am going to incline myself towards Jesus, and I am going to fill myself with Him, and that I would be made more complete and more like Him, and so that then as I endeavor to do his works that I would live a life that is more like the life that he led. And our focus is to go towards him and not to go back when we don't understand how things happen. Amen? We're going towards him. We're going to believe him. He has completely saved us. Spirit, body, and soul. He has commissioned us to, to be like him. I love the simplicity of, of this. You know, Jesus, with the early disciples, came down by the boat, and he just said, follow me. Follow me. And the same invitation that he gave those people then is the invitation that he gives you and me, just to follow him. It's as, it's as, it's as simple as that, that we would be like him in character, and that we would be like him in mission. We believe that every person that is created by God has been created like Jesus, who was fully man, to be an amazing person and do amazing things that each one of us has been given a destiny and been given unique and distinct aspects of the character of God that represent His heart that nobody else can do in the same way. You know, if we're made in the image of God, we've got to understand that there are aspects of, of life and character and personality that we express that are, just, that are aspects which God has. Together, as a whole, we, we represent God. So that means that Brooke here, Brooke in the way God has made her, I can't be or do what Brooke does. I certainly shouldn't try. <laughs> Brooke has unique aspects 
that represent God himself that he's given her and commissioned her with. So as she just, in the grace of God, lives, lives the life she lives with the Spirit of God inside her, she's going to represent the heart of God to me, to you, and those around her. Bob has unique skills that these are things that God is like. The way that she's made, the way that Joshua is made, that we represent aspects of the character of God. And the will of God for you and me is that when we, when we recognize this and we're filled with His Spirit and we are, we are inspired and ignited by the mission to be ambassadors and represent Him, that we, in wherever He's placed us, are going to be able to do supernatural things that are beyond what we can do in our natural self. And if you look at the history of, of the heroes of the Bible, you're going to see catalogs of people, whether it's a Daniel or a Joseph, that accepted a commission from God. They believe what God has said. And then from a position, typically not the number one position, Daniel was not number one in the country, nor was Joseph, they actually influenced and changed the course of history, they changed the course of countries because filled with the Spirit of God, doing what God had called them to do, they brought transformation to thousands of people, to cultures and countries around them. And every one of us has been commissioned and called to, with the unique characteristics of God that we have, to bring transformation to those people around us. And as we are united together, we, we begin to be able to outwork what Jesus called us to do. The third aspect of what Jesus has done for us is, firstly, He's completely saved us. Secondly, He has commissioned us. Thirdly, He has united us to be together. Jesus said, they, the world will know me by how you love one another. And there's an element of unity here, which I believe God is drawing us towards and, 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 and that the church is making steps towards where we are going to display what God is like by how we actually live in unity together. You know, there's unity in the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I only see, I only do what I see the Father doing. And where there is unity, then there is power. And this is why I love things that we do with other churches. Those of you who are here on Wednesday night for Pray Fox Valley, um, it was just an amazing time. We had about 100 people in here as we gathered together with a whole variety of different churches just to unite to choose that we're going to worship God, we, we're going to call on God in an attitude of humility, and we're going to believe what God has said, and we're going to call on Him to do what He said He's going to do. And in that atmosphere where believers come together, then the Holy Spirit is here. Bible says, where brothers dwell together in unity, there I command a blessing. And you're going to find a blessing commanded upon you when you choose to walk in unity. Amen? And 
God has called us to believe in the commission, to, ex- to receive full salvation, and to join together as one to outwork what he's called us to do. And as we do that, amazing things are going to happen in our families, in our workplace, wherever we are, we're going to see amazing things happen. So I just want to ask you as we, as we close here, if you would stand with me, and we're going to take a minute. Diana's going to just bring some application, and uh, we're, going to, we're going to pray together. Just as Jeremy was talking, I just felt the Holy Spirit wanted to minister something to us before we left. When Jeremy started out, he said, the goodness of God is something we must experience and not just believe. And I felt like in line with the prophetic word that Sarah brought earlier, I think if you're here and you feel like the circumstances you have in your life have caused you to kind of like you're mentally knowing, yeah, I know God is good, but you're not exper- you don't feel in your heart like that's your experience. I feel like God has breakthrough for you this morning. And what he wants us to do is position ourselves and say, Lord, I'm going to believe your word. I know you want me to experience you. And we're going to invite him to come in in a way and so that we can agree with his goodness and actually experience it. Because just as Sarah said, when there was water in the basement, it's easy to get a little panicked and, oh, no, this is happening. But the experience of her father coming in and causing all things to work together for her good in her basement. (laughs) I feel like that's what God wants to do for us. And I feel like on the three points that Jeremy had, that God wants to bring breakthrough for different people. If you're sitting here and you're saved, you're born again, you've had the life of God, but you're not experiencing that wholeness. Maybe there's areas of your heart that need to be made whole in God. Maybe there's areas in your body that God wants to heal and touch. I believe he wants to touch you this morning. If you don't know the Lord at all, if you've never received his spirit, if your spirit hasn't been made alive, maybe you've visited churches, maybe you've believed in God, but if you can't say, I'm alive on the inside, God wants to touch that part of you and bring it to life this morning. If you're here and you're feeling like, I don't know what makes me unique, talk about Brooke and how wonderful she is. She is wonderful. She's my friend and I love her. And if you're thinking, gosh, I don't know what, I feel like God wants to bring breakthrough in that area. He wants you to understand how he sees you and how he's created you. And then finally, I just want to pray because I do believe something is happening in the Fox Valley. God is bringing a unity of the spirit all among his people and he wants us to be so knitted with one another. I think there's a whole new level of community that God is breathing on right now in the spirit. And so I just want, if that's you, if you felt a bit isolated in your life, if you felt a bit on your own, I feel like God wants you to open your heart today and just choose, Lord, I want to choose to come into the community and be unified with my brothers and sisters in the way that you've called me to do. So I encourage you all just, if, 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 if any of those things spoke to you, just put your hands out. Let's just all close our eyes and I'm going to pray. And I believe God wants to release breakthrough this morning. Father God, we just thank you for your word that's come this morning. Your word, which is living and active, and it actually transforms things on the inside. And right now, Father, I ask for a special blessing on anyone who's been in circumstances which have either been discouraging or difficult or have not turned out the way they thought they were going to. I just, by your spirit, Father, ask that you would release breakthrough right now in those situations. 
Lord, I ask that you would lift their gaze, that they would begin to see your goodness, that they would remind themselves that you are the God who calls all things to work together for their good, that you are the God who fights their battles for them, that your promise is to give them a future and a hope. And I pray right now, Father, that their minds and the, the gaze of their heart would be lifted to you, the Word of God. You are the Word, Jesus. And so we choose right now, if that's you, if you feel like you've been discouraged, you've been disheartened, I want you in your heart just to say, Lord, forgive me for giving, getting so focused on the circumstances around me. And right now, I gaze on you, Jesus, the Word. And I choose to believe you, Jesus. And I, I choose to speak and release you into my situation, to release your promises, to cause things to turn for my good and for my behalf. Ben Stock, that breakthrough is coming for you. You were right when you said it, and it's right around the corner, and the Lord wants you to know it is on your threshold. You are about to reach out and take hold of it. And I feel the Lord saying, well done, son, well done. Father, for anyone here, if their soul has had wounds, that haven't yet felt your healing touch, whether they're years old or days old. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come in now and begin healing. Let the oil of your healing touch those places. You are the Godfather who makes all things new. And I know you've done it for me, areas where I should have been maimed for life. And yet you made it as though those things had never happened. And so, Father, I just ask you to release a healing of the heart right now over every person. Father, that the divine exchange would take place, that the spirit of mourning would be traded right now for a spirit of joy and a spirit of hope. And if that's you and you feel like you've had hurts and disappointments, I want you just to place those in his hands. And I want you to see him giving you hope and joy. Father, I ask that you would release the spirit of joy on your people this morning. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray a blessing over everyone here, the blessing of deep, deep fellowship and unity. I thank you, Father, that you haven't called us to walk alone, but together we fulfill our destinies and we fulfill your purposes for us. Father, we say as we sung this morning, let your will be done on earth and heaven and let your will be done in us. We choose to let down the guards of our heart to, to open ourselves to the people around us to be transparent, to be open with one another. Lord, we bless your people today. Pray a blessing of joy and unity. And I ask that every single person who walks out that door today would experience your goodness today and all week in a measure they've never experienced before. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.